from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang, and welcome to an exciting episode and wrapping up this week here of cybersecurity news headlines and all the things that make us practitioners just hit our heads and go, wow, why is this still happening? It's Thursday, August 3rd. 2023 we're just a few short days from the hacker summer camp in beautiful amazing hot las vegas at the uh, annual black hat event i'm happy to say that this year we will be in attendance um doing a podcast jam session with my good friend danny wolf over at audience first and a whole bunch of other content so uh we still have a few partner spots still available kind of like last minute so hit us up if you're interested in taking part of that and now, without further ado, join me because we've got a busy morning of a lot of things impacting practitioners. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Wondering why it's in a small cup today? I'll explain later. But it's really, really good. Um, and yes, uh, remember to hydrate in Vegas. Very important. Yes, thank you, Avishai. Uh, very, very important. So if you're a Salesforce customer, there's a zero-day vulnerability, and uh, it's abusing meta features in a sophisticated phishing campaign, according to Guardio. Attackers have sent out legitimate-looking emails designed to lure targeted users to a phishing page where they were instructed to hand over their Facebook account information, including their names, account names, email addresses, phone numbers, and password. The emails mentioned the targeted user's real name appeared to come from a meta platform and were sent from a at salesforce.com address. A button included in the email led users to a legitimate Facebook domains app, apps.facebook.com, where they were informed about violating Facebook's terms of service, when users clicked on a button to resolve the issue, they were taken to a phishing page that instructed them to provide their information. The fact that the email came from a salesforce.com address and that the link it included pointed to facebook.com helped the phishing emails bypass traditional security mechanisms. Guardio's analysis revealed that the attackers had targeted the email gateway component in the Salesforce CRM, specifically an email to case feature designed to convert customers' inbound emails into actionable tickets in Salesforce. By abusing these features, the attackers managed to receive verification emails that gave them control over a genuine Salesforce email address that they could use to send out the phishing emails from. As for Facebook, the phishing page was hosted on the legacy web games platform offered by Facebook until 2021. While the platform has been discontinued, games developed prior to this date can still receive support, and it appears that the attackers gained access to an account associated with such a game. They used that account to host their phishing pages as well. Guardian notified Salesforce on June 28th, and a fix was rolled out to all impacted services and instances within a month, preventing the use of an address. But you may want to just double-check your Salesforce environment just to be safe. Avanti is now disclosing an additional critical auth bypass bug in the mobile iron core. This one's actually stemming from their patch. It's CVE 2023-35082. The flaw is a remote unauthenticated API access vulnerability affecting mobile iron core version 11.2 and older. Successful exploitation will allow attackers to access PII of the mobile device's users and backdoor compromised servers by deploying web shells when chaining the bug with other flaws. Avanti said it would not issue security patches to fix this flaw because it has already been addressed with the newer versions of the product and rebranded to Endpoint Manager Mobile. The vulnerability does not affect any version of Avanti Endpoint Manager or Mobile Iron Core 11.3 and above, according to them. However, Shodan shows 2,200 Mobile Iron user portals are currently exposed online, including over a dozen connected to U.S. local and state government agencies. Rapid7, which discovered and reported the bug, provides indicators of compromise to help defenders detect signs of the CVE. 
uh, and urges Avanti customers to update to the latest version of the software. So Avanti's had the kind of month many of us wish to forget. Um, and that's not the first time Avanti's been in the headlines with this kind of stuff over the last four to five years, multiple times. It just kind of shows you the, the challenges uh, they have to go through. And, and this specific zero day just keeps piling on. It makes you really wonder what their software development lifecycle looks like and what how does security play into that. Over 640 Citrix servers have been backdoored with web shells in a live ongoing attack. This is coming after several weeks ago when we reported here on the show that Netscaler, ADC, and Gateway servers have already been breached and backdoored in a series of attacks targeting the critical remote code execution vulnerability track, the CV 2023-3519er. The vulnerability was previously exploited as a zero-day to breach the network of the U.S. critical infrastructure organizations. Security researchers from the Shadow Server Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to enhancing internet security, now disclose that attackers have deployed web shells on at least 640 servers in these attacks. It's a fairly standard China chopper, and we do not want to disclose more under the circumstances, but they can say that the amount we detect is much lower than the amount we believe to be out there, unfortunately. This is from Shadow Server CEO Piotr Kiwiski, sorry, telling Bleeping Computer. There are report on compromised appliances with web shells in your network. Uh, they're aware of widespread exploitation happening as of July 20th. So if you did not patch by then, please assume compromise. They believe the actual amount of CV 2023-3519 or related web shells to be much higher than 640. Some of that might be stealth. However, um, the attack stood at around 15,000 when this was reported about two weeks ago. However, that number has since dropped to under 10,000, indicating some progress in mitigating the vulnerability. Uh, Citrix released a security update on July 18th to address this, but many have not patched yet. Kind of goes to the basics of, uh, you know, patching immediately. Um, and, and this is a true form of when you're not patching and the threat actors know they're there and they've got an exploit, they're going to go ahead and abuse it every time. Um, so you want to make sure you get your Citrix updated as soon as possible. And if you haven't been able to do so for whatever reason, using this article with the link in the show notes to push this across the finish line should help and assume you've been breached. So even if you did do the patch, get some forensics going and make sure that, you know, you don't have anything sitting on your network. Microsoft does catch Russian government hackers using phishing with a Teams chat app. Microsoft on Wednesday sounded an alarm after catching a Russian government-linked hacking group using its Microsoft Teams chat app to fish for credentials at specific targeted organizations. According to a research report from Redmond's Threat Intel team, the hacking team is linked to the Foreign Intelligence Service of the Russian Federation, also known as SVR. And they've been caught creating, targeting government, non-government, IT services, technology, discrete manufacturing, and media sectors. Microsoft has flatted the actor as Midnight Blizzard, formerly known as Neblion, and warns that the group is using already hacked Microsoft 365 tenants owned by small businesses to create new domains that appear as technical support site entities. Using these domains from compromised tenants, the researchers found that the attackers using Microsoft team messages to send lures that attempt to steal credentials from a targeted organization by engaging a user and eliciting approval of MFA prompts. The company said it has traced the targeting to fewer than 40 unique global organizations, suggesting a highly surgical espionage operation against targeted in the U.S. and Europe. Microsoft researchers also provided technical documentation of this, and so you can read a whole bunch of that, but... Essentially, what they're doing is they're using Azure tenants and they're using Microsoft Teams 
to reach out to people pretending to come from support organizations. They're then prompting an MFA uh, event where they validate that MFA and then they gain access to an environment. So um, really, really significant from the Russians here and a very sophisticated attack vector uh, by them using Microsoft Teams. So, and, and again, this goes to the idea that you shut down email, you got to leave communication. So we say, don't use a lot of email, use Teams or Slack instead. And they're going to go to Teams and Slack as well. Teams and Slack have less security features than email does. There's less stuff there to help you defend. So you're really relying on having to secure teams essentially by not allowing anyone from an outside domain unless it's a connected vendor domain to get access. And sometimes that's that's hard. It's easier said than done. Uh, uh, very, very significant here, uh, by the way, and a very sophisticated attack by the Russians. We stick with Russia where their Russia-based attackers are now building a new attack infrastructure to say ahead of public reporting. In a report from Recorded Future, researchers said that since March of 2023, the group traced as Blue Charlie has built new infrastructure to launch attacks against a variety of targets. Um, Blue Charlie's goal is an information gathering and credential theft, as well as a hack and leak operation targeting Ukraine and NATO nations. The group tracked by several co uh, companies as Callisto, a cold river, and come on, guys, just one name, really? Has previously targeted an array of government, higher education, defense, and political sector entities, as well as NGOs, activists, journalists, think tanks, and national laboratory. A recorded futures insect group was not able to determine who was targeted in this campaign, but said they have seen it register 94 new domains as part of its new infrastructure building. Several of the tactics, uh, techniques, and procedures currently seen in the recent operation depart from past activity, suggesting that Blue Charlie is evolving its operations potentially in response to public disclosures of its operation and industry reporting. Blue Charlie continues to build new infrastructure in the pursuit of phishing campaigns and credential harvesting, and it's continuing to favor certain elements, such as the use of preferred registrars, ASNs, and certificate authority. The espionage focus group has updated its tools repeatedly since it started getting tracked in September of 2022, suggesting they're watching how the security industry discloses them. And by the way, when you're in Black Hat next week, don't assume everyone you're talking with is a friendly. Um, a lot of times these guys will send people in um, really as kind of a go see what these companies say about Russia, North Korea, China. Um, very, very common for this to happen in Black Hat. So um, just mind information sharing with people you just met. Uh, not everyone who comes and tells you they want to do a million dollar deal is really going to sign a million dollars. ICS vulnerabilities soar, and this is a big one, folks. About 34% of security vulnerabilities that impact ICS that were reported in the first half of 2023 have no patch or remediation. This registers a significant increase from 13% the previous year. This data is compiled by uh, SinSaber. A total of 670 ICS product flaws were reported via the U.S. Uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency in the first half of 2023. This is down from 681 during the first half of 2022. Of the 670 CVEs, 88 are rated critical, 349 are high, 215 are medium, and 18 are rated low in severity. 227 of the flaws have no fixes in comparison to 88 in the first half of 2022. Critical manufacturing and energy sectors are the most likely to be affected. The OT Cybersecurity and Asset Monitoring Company said in a report shared with the Hacker News, other prominent industry verticals include water and wastewater systems, commercial facilities, communications, transport, uh, petrochemical, healthcare, food and agriculture, and government facilities. Mitsubishi Electric, 
and Siemens and Rockwell Automation were the most impacted vendors in the critical manufacturing sector. Hitachi and Advantech, Delta Electronics and Rockwell Automation both were the most impacted vendors in the energy sector. Siemens emerged as the leading entity producing the most CVEs through the first half of this year, accounting to 41 of the ICS advisories. Use after free out-of-bounds read and proper input validation out-of-bounds right. And race conditions were the top five software weaknesses. What's more, a, major, a majority of the CVEs reported originated from original equipment manufacturers and security vendors in the U.S., followed by China, Israel, and Japan. So there is some significant risk there, um, and this volume cannot be good overall for the health of our critical infrastructure uh, environments in all, all in all. And our final story for this morning, y'all, Iran's APT-34 is attempting and hitting UAE with a supply chain attack. This APT, known as Oil Rig, was caught targeting an IT company's government clients in the region with the aim of carrying out a cyber espionage attack. The Iran-linked advanced persistent group known as APT-34 or Oil Rig is mounting a supply chain attack with the ultimate goal of gaining access to government targets inside the UAE. Maher Yamut, lead security researcher of the EEMEA Research Center at Kaspersky, says the attackers used a malicious IT job recruitment form as a lure. Uh, APT-34 created a fake website to masquerade as an IT company in the UAE, sent out the recruitment form to target IT company, and when the victim opened the malicious document to presumably apply for the advertised IT job, info-stealing malware was executed. Yamut says that the malware collected sensitive information and credentials that allowed APT, uh, APT-34 to access the IT company's client's network. He explained that the attackers then specifically looked for two target government clients using the victim's IT group email infrastructure for command and control communication and data exfiltration. Kaspersky couldn't verify if the government attacks were successful due to its limited downstream uh, of visibility, but they assessed with medium-high confidence that they were. According to research by Kaspersky, the malware samples used in the UAE campaign resemble those used in APT-34 supply chain intrusion in Jordan that uses similar tactics, techniques, and procedures. And if you're asking yourself why, well, Israel and the UAE signed a peace deal a lot, of UA, uh, a lot of Israeli cybersecurity uh, uh, policy and tools have made their way into the UAE government with some potential cyber attacks using the UAE as a launch pad against Iran. Iran's trying to obviously kind of get some insight and espionage into exactly what's the planning there, um, especially as things are getting a bit more dicey in the region uh, with the vacuum that President Biden has created, uh, kind of, you know, not sure what side of the gambit he's on, whether he wants to negotiate a new deal with the Iranians and give him more money, which is bad altogether. We've seen what that did under the Obama administration, which he was a part of, or whether or not they decide to continue to isolate Iran and take a hard uh, look at how to stop them from reaching a nuclear weapon, which everyone in the region's intended to. Um, by the way, one of the proposals coming from the administration at this time, just from a geopolitical perspective, so you understand, is that if Iran accomplishes a nuclear weapon, then we'll arm the Saudis with nuclear weapons. Yep, those are the leaders we elected, folks. Let me leave you with that for today, because there's really nothing that can top off that stupidity. Folks, that's it for our show today. We'll be back with a whole lot more on Monday. Before we take, we make our way out west, to the Hacker Summer Camp at Black Hat. Again, a few spots remain available, so come on out and check it out. I hope to see you all there. Uh, Come by, say hi. Um, We'll definitely be hanging out at Mandalay Bay 
and doing our event at the Palazzo. So come and check us out there. Until then, have a great rest of your day, y'all. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.